Ha, running can be tough. Or running sucks, some people say. I mean, there's a reason last week's show was about people who, who gave up the sport. And I gave some pretty good advice on how to get back into the sport of running. And quite often, these people aren't quitters. It's just the factors to remain a runner. They became too complicated, too complex to handle, and sadly, giving up was the only option. But what if today, just by listening to the show, I'll give you an insight into other options that work, that get you back on the running track? Welcome to Hypno Running, the show where we do more than just talk about running. We help you find solutions to develop your full potential making you a better, faster, and smarter runner. And here is your host, Heiko. <laughs> yes, indeed, true what she said. Heiko is my name and talking and running, yep, that's my game. Hey, if you want to learn about which trail shoe is the best, ooh, what running gear the pros use, nah, this is definitely not the place for you. Or if you need to hear ads in your podcast, Sorry, no, it gets worse. If you need to hear some like power talk, like cursing, yeah, you know, uh, then I'm sorry, this is not the show for you. Here, it's me, Heiko. Look, I've been training runners for a couple of years now, and you know this, the gear isn't really going to make you run fast. And no, not even those compression socks. Okay, I also own a pair, but <laughs> what you will get from these ad-free is uh, podcast is powerful content steps to help you build resilience processes that build endurance and tools to help you developing your part of the brain to become a better and stronger and smarter run. and if you like this sort of contents and if you want to learn more i do recommend you take a look at some of my books easy to read useful and applicable brain training that's how I can best describe them. And no, they are not the world's renowned best sellers. <laughs> but it's advice from a certified run coach with over 35 years of run experiencing and managing a real life job, balancing social life. So if this sounds sensible, give it a try. Especially if you are up for a challenge and maybe you want to do a 365 day run challenge. Wow, there's a book about it. Yep, I wrote it. Just imagine running one day Oh, not running one day, running every day for one year. That's actually what it is. And I've done this numerous years, actually. And I know perhaps you've heard about some guy who ran every day so and so many miles. It's not about, no, it's not about getting an entry into the Guinness Book of Records or being the guy who did the most and the greatest and the best. No, you setting yourself a challenge to run every day for one whole year. If you can't even wrap your head around that, get the book, Enter High Course Dribble, 365 Days. <laughs> it's going to give you the pointers and the steps that you'll be looking back at a great running year, I promise you. And if you never thought about actually really doing that, maybe someone told you it's, it's bad for you or it's just like it seems impossible, that's another reason to go and get the book. 365 Days of Running, High Course Dribble. There you go. Okay. Pooh. Let's dive in. Rational, emotive, and cognitive behavior therapy. That's a mouthful. R-E-B-T. Uh, it's a style of short-term cognitive behavior therapy. And it was developed in the 50s by a doctor named Albert Ellis. Ellis here trained as a clinical psychologist, but found the options for 
really helping his patients and they were lacking and his dissatisfaction this was the best thing if you're dissatisfied about something with the results he, he was seeing drove him to develop his own brand of therapy that emphasized and listen to it action instead of talk now that's why i'm so fond of this it emphasizes action instead of talk and that's that part's alone it makes it so valuable and all the training i've ever done looking back on the last uh, 20 years of courses of further degrees i've done the one the methods that i still train today and teach today are the ones that involved action instead of talk okay um, and we're talking about presenting runners tools so there's there needs to be um, a skill of doing, you know, involvement. But but just let, let me just take a brief look at the therapy, the rational emotive behavior therapy. It's based on the idea that it is not the, the things that happen to us that cause our problems. It's our thoughts and the thinking patterns that lead to the cognitive, emotional, and, and of course behavioral issues that challenge us. And this idea is captured in the ABC framework. So A is for activating events or adversity. You know, I'm struggling to running a 10K. B, our belief about the events, ourselves and the world in general. You know, how will I ever manage this distance? <laughs> C, the consequence of our emotions and behavior. Let me never go and find out. Let me not go down that route. <laughs> so Alice, he believed that Far too much emphasis was placed on the activating events and that most of the consequences were actually determined by our beliefs, our belief system. And this was a significant shift from the, um, from the prevailing ideas of the day and it gave, of course, a new hope you know, to people who were frustrated with the lack of results from traditional therapy. And after all, you know, if our beliefs are the real culprits, rather than the events, then we have much more control over the consequences than we thought. So the rational emotive behavior therapy practitioners work with what they believe are, are basically two categories, and they define it as hot and cold. Well, cold cognition, it, it refers to the way we initially think about and understand what happened to us, whilst the hot cognitions are um, evaluations of our cold cognitions. For example, means I struggle with the 10K, example. I'm at a limit. That's the cold cognition. And then we evaluate what that means. As I'm obviously struggling with the 10K, there's no reason to think of going further. That's how limiting beliefs are actually formed inside our brain. And it's very important that we first realize this, hot and cold. So we don't have, have much control over our cold cognitions as they are, firm, uh, they are formed early on, like spur of the moment. I'm at a limit, 10K, you know, and they're generally not consciously understood. See, that's a, a side a runner doesn't actually want to talk about, but we base all our decisions on that. Some do, I suppose, but usually it's more like a runner would say, you know, 10K, I, it's not my distance full stop a bit of a disassociated approach however and this is obvious we can influence how we can evaluate those cold cognitions but before we go there um rebt uh, rational emotive behavior therapy distinguishes between healthy negative emotions and unhealthy negative emotions now you might remember a couple of weeks back we spoke about 
um, optimistic runner and pessimistic runner that there might even be some positive sides to a being a pessimistic runner so more or less same thing here listening or uh, or paying attention to that small unease in the muscle you know and even if it means pulling out of a race that's a healthy negative emotion you didn't wait until it cramped up and now you can't run for the next six weeks <laughs> you know um, a healthy negative emotions follows from adverse events that we approach with with rational belief and adaptive behaviors now even i struggle doing this <laughs> i'm 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 very frank about it even i can improve here so while unhealthy negative emotions stem from irrational beliefs and not adjusting adequately to to the situation it's called a maladaptive behavior and rebt aims to help in our case we aim to help runners reduce these irrational beliefs and replace them with rational beliefs so Grounded in these innovative ideas, REBT was designed as a practical approach to help people learn techniques that would allow them to overcome their obstacles and cope with, with the challenges more effectively. So how useful is that for running? You know, <laughs> Which leads to the question, now, Heiko, okay, sounds interesting, but what techniques does REBT use? I'm glad you asked that. So there, there are many techniques that fall under the realm of this, but there are three main types of techniques that, that you're going to learn here also at, at HypnoRun, at Advanced Endurance Coaching. We've built this up for runners, by runners. So number one is problem-solving techniques. Number two is the, the cognitive restructuring techniques. And then, of course, the coping techniques. So do you realize when I say these are scientifically based methods, it's not just something like a powerful fridge magnet that you read in the mornings when you know life is wonderful. No, this is extremely powerful and applicable uh, tools. So uh, back to the categories. Each, each category of technique corresponds to part of the ABC model, which will give runners techniques to use at each step. So the problem-solving technique. The problem-solving techniques there intended to, to help a runner address the A in the ABC model. So assertiveness, uh, the, the popular problem-solving methods, you know, uh, problem-solving skills, decision-making skills, conflict resolutions. Very important for runners if you go a certain distance where you push yourself, where you exert yourself. That inner dialogue is at the end of the day what will decide whether you go on or whether you quit. Whether you go for that fastest time or slow down, I'll give up on your run time completely. Never has a run across the finish line uh, thinking, uh, I'm, you know, uh, uh, having a negative dialogue, uh, I'm going to stop. No, there, there comes a point which changes the inner process might be that well it's only two kilometers left or hey i can see the finish line now i'm going to make it <laughs> that's the power behind it the the cognitive restructuring technique so co cognitive restructuring techniques they're focused on on helping you to change a irrational belief so the techniques include logical or rationalizing techniques um, and, and my personal favorite here, guided imagery and visualizations, which is something you should check out on hypnorun.com. 
uh, I really go into detail of how visualization should be done. See, there's so much on the internet. And these are maybe people who are extremely enthusiastic about trying to teach something. And they're excellent promoters. They've got much better mannerism of speech than I do. But so often what they lack is the proper training background. And so often it's not for running. It is done to visualize <laughs> amounts of money, uh, beautiful houses by the beach. Who wants a house by the beach? I mean, I, but anyway, uh, so you're actually learning a watered-down version and you, you wonder why it doesn't work. Well, it's for free. It's on the internet, obviously. You know, Nothing that's for free is really worth it. So do, do check it out on hypnorun.com. Um, what works is the reframing, um, using humor or irony, or exposing yourself to whatever you fear. You know, that's a bit of a, a common statement, moving to the direction of your fear, but exposing yourself to it. And of course, by disputing the irrational beliefs that are there. Uh, the coping techniques, so when a runner can't change the event and, and is struggling, even though you are using rational thinking, the coping technique can help. Imagine breaking your ankle it's broken tendons torn loose bone <laughs> and that's the current situation you are in so the techniques and the coping te techniques are number one relaxation uh, this is going to help you really come to terms with it is what it is uh, so many runners need the thrill of running and the relaxation part isn't fully understood yet. Um, the next technique is hypnosis, self-hypnosis. Uh, did I mention, by the way, that I'm a certified hypnotherapist? So I've developed these tools, really powerful methods for runners to, drain, to train their brains by meditation, by being mindful, by certain breathing exercises. Other examples of um, rational emotive behavior in action are in a, in a typical REBT session, uh, once we've gone over the ABC with a client, for example, um, or, or let me just give you an example of how it usually goes. So the, the runner will, uh, will state that he had a real difficult training week or month, you know, and, oh, I really blew it, you know, it just didn't, just didn't work out. You know, well, okay, well, tell me more about it. Well, I didn't adhere to the training plan, you know, I didn't run the designated pace as pace setter. Um, in the end, I was out of shape, but everybody in the club depended on me to get them to the finish line. Um, and, and actually, this is a true uh, example. It, it was a runner who was working as a pace setter. So he's the guy with the, with the flag or with the balloons, and he was supposed to do a 130, but <laughs> he, he didn't manage that day. You know, so I asked him, like, it sounds like you're off day. You know, you showed up and you did the run. You know, you, maybe you didn't give a perfect presentation. Why did the, does this upset you so much? And his response was, like, he felt that he must be a very good runner. You know, and that this was his duty. He had to do it. And the whole point was, so you feel like you need to be a very good pacer. You need to meet the, meet the grade. So what if you don't hit that grade, that time, that pace? And after thinking for a while, and he had a laugh and he said, well, actually, it's not a big deal because everybody runs his own race. Exactly. You know, we, we all make mistakes. It's not that he wasn't 
prepared properly um, or that his performance was poor that upsets him. It was how he judges himself afterwards that really dragged himself down. And fact is, everybody makes a mistake. And everybody runs his or her own race. So it wasn't the end of the world. Everybody's got a GPS watch around him. Everybody who was running with this pacer could feel that oh, something is wrong. The time isn't right and could then take his or her own decisions. It's not like, you know, world peace was hinging on his performance, was it? <laughs> and at this, po at this point as a coach, well, what we'll do is we'll come up with statements based on their irrational beliefs that they must be perfect, you know, for every run. And, they, and then we're going to change the statements, you know. I must maintain the pace or I'm a bad runner. Or I'm, I must be dependable as a pacer. You know, that's why I'm there, is it not? Um, and, and what we'll do is we, we, we'll change it into, hey, it's okay making a mistake. It doesn't mean I'm worthless. Or if, even if I don't make the pace, I'm still a good runner overall. So what rational emotive behavior uh, therapy helps you with is learn more about yourself and the irrational beliefs that might be, that might be damaging you or, or holding you back. And it can teach you how to address these irrational beliefs when they do crop up. So <clears throat> there are three exercises that I can really recommend or activities. And, and you know, imagine the worst catastrophizing it involves worst case thinking and it can be extremely common cognitive distortion so frequently we we fear the uncertainty of potential negative events even despite a lack of objective facts to support it occurring wow <laughs> there's no fact that I'm not going to make this race, but suddenly, due to a couple of negative events, I missed the aid station, my tummy is not feeling well, my left knee is hurting, the weather's turning. Hmm, but my pace, my heart rate, still feels fine. Wow. Now, if I imagine the worst, it can be used when a runner is attempting to avoid thinking about worst possible scenarios for fear of becoming even more anxious. So in this exercise, they face that fear by envisioning it. And this can help them realize that it's like thinking it through. So the worst case scenario is unrealistic and this unlikely to occur. I've already done half of the race. I've managed with the slight pain in the knee. Yes, the weather has turned, but I have a jacket with me. <laughs> and there's another aid station going to come up. So in the event of it happening, they would still be able to manage the outcome and prevent it from being catastrophic. Uh, blown out of all proportions, you might know somebody like that. This technique it involves both imagery and humor, you know, combining two of the cognitive restructuring techniques for really for maximum effectiveness. It, it builds on worst case imagery uh, for reasons that they'll become obvious. Let me explain. So let's say you're, you're talking with a runner and he or she imagines fears uh, that most actually happened. Um, instead of allowing the runner to visualize it realistically, the therapist or the, or the, the coach will guide them in, in visualizing it into extreme blown out, entirely out of proportion situations. And when things are this exaggerated, they become funny. You know, laughing at their own blown up fears will, will help 
the client, the runner, really get control over the mental control over it. So this exercise isn't right for every fear, but it can be extremely useful. And in many cases, it's fun. You're going to be laughing about this. <laughs> um, there is a DIBS, Disputing Irrational Beliefs, and it's one of the most popular cognitive restructuring techniques. It's called Disputing Irrational Beliefs, or simply disputing, and that's what Alice called it. Now, the point of DIBS is to question yourself on on your limiting or harmful beliefs and essentially logic them out of existence. <laughs> here, here are the questions you should ask. What is a self-defeating irrational belief I would like to dispute and reduce? So you're identifying it. Am I able to support this belief with objective facts? <laughs> what proof is there, that, uh, is there that this belief is false? So you need to find proof that this belief is false. Remember I told you, ask better questions, it'll get better answers. <laughs> and then, is there any proof that this belief is true? And you know this in race situations. There's hardly a belief which is true for all different types of run distances or times. Uh, what is the worst possible outcome that could occur if you fail to get what you believe you must be getting? Or... What positive things could I cause to happen if my undesirable scenario pan out? <laughs> and now this technique, it, it, it is very effective for irrational beliefs. It will not always work for your most deeply held or long-held beliefs because they are harder to dispute, but, but not impossible. And, and else in his work, he recommended recording your irrational beliefs and several disputes to the belief then listening to it repeatedly and even allowing you know your loved ones to listen to it those people closest to you those people that support you and that's when you'll suddenly reflect in a different in a different um, uh, way you'll see it in a completely different light uh, there's also increasing awareness of cognitive distortions and this is not necessarily rebt exclusive technique but it can fit in nicely with such a dialogue. It guides you through identifying cognitive distortions or irrational belief. So, a, a cognitive distortion, and there are about 10 of them. Um, it's, it's all or nothing thinking. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm either going to make it, you know, or, or, <laughs> or not at all. Um, Overgeneralization, well, so many runners struggle, you know. Um, uh, running sucks is discounting the positive, for example. Uh, jumping to conclusions, uh, <laughs> mind reading, fortune telling, you know, I know what's going to happen. No, you don't. You know, magnifying, you know, oh, I feel a little niggle here. Um, I, I, I like to do that sometimes, magnify something up. What's wrong with my knee? Why am I feeling my knee? You know, <laughs> um, emotional reasoning or the should statements. I should be running faster. I should be feeling better. I should be there already now. Labeling and mislabeling. So, once a, a runner reads through the common cognitive distortions and, and these examples, then a runner can also make his own worksheet, split it into three columns, and write down the feelings and, and, and the thoughts behind each of them. And just take a couple of minutes to really go through them and, and to say, hey, do I have that all or nothing um, thinking is it, is it a feeling that I have? How often do I think about it? Do I jump to conclusions? Uh, how do I feel then? And what are my thoughts about it? And really writing it out for for oneself. 
And this is something which once you write it out, don't do it on your phone, don't do it on your computer. I know you do a lot of things on your phone, but write it out with a pen and paper. It has a much stronger effect. Then, uh, number two, leaving the comfort, the comfort zone, um, which is actually four zones. There's the comfort zone, there's the fear zone, the learning zone, and the growth zone. So the comfort zone is the space where you feel safe, you're in control, you know, things are easy, and you know what to do. You know, running the same distance, and, and it doesn't mean you're just running a short distance. Uh, it can be running a long distance, but always doing it. Um, the fear zone, that's an uncomfortable space. It's, it's marked by uncertainty, and you're not sure what to expect or what to do. Then the learning zone, that's one I really oh, I want to recommend you to spend time in that. It's an uncomfortable space, but it's not, it's not bad as in the fear zone. But then the learning zone is where you're going to look at new skills. For example, the, the learning zone can be going from a 5K to a 10K or from a 10K to a full marathon. Or it can be going from running on, on track and on the road to uh, becoming a trail runner. That would also be growth zone. That's when you stay long enough in the learning zone. Um, this becomes then a growth zone if you are really growing. That's where you become comfortable with your new skills and your experience. And what you need to do is you, you, you need to identify a comfort zone situation. It should be something coming up that will require you to step out of this comfort zone into the fear zone so there, there's no bypassing the fear zone actually but you sp shouldn't spend too much time there so once you have identified a situation um, you should put you should have a look out for personal signs of fear oh, I could never do a marathon oh no I just couldn't run on the trails um, in addition to noting the signs of fear you should identify what you're going to be losing if you don't step into that zone, if you don't decide to do that distance or that trail. You know, what opportunities are they going to lose further on in life? What, what potential benefits are you going to be missing out? And furthermore, the, the long-term possibilities of staying in the, long, in the learning zone, that, that how is that going to transform you as a runner? What's going to be gained by, by spending time in this zone? It's a very, very powerful um, uh, exercises you can do and then of course um, there's a, a challenging questions uh, um, exercise that you can do uh, this is where you question your irrational beliefs uh, as a runner and you stop them you stop them for example um, a irrational belief might be something I'm only as good as what I achieve no stop that <laughs> or if I don't get a top finish time, I'm worthless. Many people suffer from thoughts like that. Or this, this uh, whole training is hopeless. I'm just not going to improve. Or it might be something like running is just too hard. Uh, it shouldn't be this difficult and frustrating. <laughs> then what you do is once you have that irrational belief, ask yourself, what is the evidence for or against this, this quote? Are you confusing a habit with a fact? Or are your interpretations of the situations too far removed from reality to be accurate? <laughs> and are you perhaps using words or phrases that are extreme or over-exaggerated? For example, always, forever, never, need, should, must, can't, <laughs> every time. <laughs> and you'll find that many times people are thinking in terms of certainties instead of probabilities and they'll try to 
talk also in certainties rather than explore probabilities. Look out for that. Um, or are you confusing a low probability with a high probability? Or are you focusing too much on irrelevant factors? Whew. Hey, wow, what a long show today. Um, I just wanted to give you a bit of an insight that there's more behind just, hey, you know, no pain without gain or these shallow fridge magnets or Facebook posts that I see, you know. No matter where you are at this stage of your running career, there is always hope. There is always room to improve. There is always something that you can do to change your brain, which will then trigger off a serious events and which will relate to your running. So these techniques, they, they leave space for a runner to pick one belief, isolate it, focus on it and challenging yourself to come up with, with new answers to your questions, which will give you a healthier perspective on your irrational belief that you have. Wow. Hey, thanks for joining me. If you're interested in content like this and you would like to learn mental techniques to, to build your mindset, to, to improve your resilience, then do head on over to hypnorun.com. It's an online learning course made by runners for runners. It's actually the only one of its kind with over four hours of dedicated video online tutorial. Hey, if you like the show, do give me a share. Do give me a like. My name is Heiko. God bless you. And remember, take it easy.